Welcome back to Burn the Haystack with Josh and Jesse. I'm Jesse. And I'm Josh. And this is a podcast to help you save the best and burn the rest of your culture and faith practices. Absolutely. And today, we have such a special episode, as always. Um, but today is particularly special because um, it was all actually someone else's idea. Yeah. We got a DM um, a little while ago now. Yeah, way back in October from Josh Ramirez on uh, Instagram, Ramjo95. So shout out to Josh. Thank you for the suggestion. He asked us to do an episode on independent ministries. And here's what he said in his DM. I have a lot of old saints in my area that are quite faithful towards some independent ministries. And he was sort of wanting to ask our opinion. What is our take on, on that? Uh, for many of us, there is, uh, I think we all have sort of a, an understanding of what they are, but we'll get into that later on the episode. I think it's a really fascinating topic to talk about. So thank you, uh, Josh, for reaching out and uh, sending us that suggestion. Absolute legend with an absolute legendary name, I would say. Um, <laughs> totally unbiased opinion. Um, but before that, we have to do the most important part of the show. <laughs> I really overhype it too much, but it's the question of the week. What's your question for today, Josh? What are we going to do? Well, I'm going to ask... I think I'm going to ask, like, a two-part question, Ooh. okay? Uh, so, and it's it's an easy one. But what are you currently reading? Hmm, what am I currently reading? I don't think I'm actually reading anything right now. The last thing that I read was... Uh, it's here on my shelf. Hearing the Way by Kale B. Duval. Doctor Kale B. Duval. I started the book. I didn't. I haven't gotten through it. I've only gotten to the first chapter. But oh well, then that's what you're currently reading, right? I, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> no, got your foot in the door. Well, the <laughs> yeah. thing is, I was reading it. Um, so I've just moved house. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, and I was reading it before it got put in a box. It was packed for ages, and now I've just only unpacked it. So I'm looking forward to jumping back in. Um, good book so far. Talking about Mark's gospel and the theology of the way, the way, the Ooh. way. I have it, and I need to read it. Um, so, Kale, if you're listening, I'll get there soon. I yeah. promise. And then we'll get you on the <laughs> podcast, Kale, to talk about it. So, I'm looking forward to that. Ooh, maybe a little snippet into 2020 mm. there. Uh, cool. The one I'm reading, um, funnily enough, also an Adventist book, which is actually very unusual that we're both reading Adventist <laughs> books at the true. moment. Normally, we read all sorts of other things, but okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm reading Facing Doubt, a book for Adventist believers on the margins by, I don't know how to say his name, Rainda Brunsman? Brunsman? I have no idea, my Bru- dude. Bruinsma. Bruinsma. That sounds Sorry. absolutely accurate. That sounds 100% correct. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. I can read it, but I want to. I want to. I want to hear him say his name, and then I'll know. Is he like? Is yeah. he like Scandinavian, or where's he from? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Europe. Y- Europe. I said. <laughs> is he Scandinavian? Yes, he's European. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my answer. Um, Ooh. It's a very good book, though. I'm actually really enjoying it. I another person I would like to maybe get on the podcast one day. He's a retired pastor, I think. Nice. Nice. Yeah, but but it's a very interesting book. In fact, something really interesting about it, he chose not to print it through an Adventist uh, printing press because it's got controversial... Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Love me a little bit of controversy. Very. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm about two-thirds of the way through, okay. so I'm chipping away at it pretty slowly at the moment, but awesome. still chipping away. I think we should do like a book recommendations episode or something like that. You know, like what are we reading? What's been impactful? Like we've done a few episodes on individual books, you know, like Hero Maker mm. and with Nimrod and all that sort of stuff. But I think it'd be cool to do because I love reading and I love I love getting motivated to do more reading with other people who recommend stuff to me. I love that. Yeah, creating a community around reading is pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. So you mm. said that this was a two-parter. Was that was that the two parts, or is yes? There a- and well, I thought the other one. I thought I could do it as an individual question, but I thought it would. Uh, we should just tag it onto this one. What's the last book you recommended to someone? Oh, 
the last book that I recommended, I think I think it was Hero Maker. Speaking of Hero Maker, I think it was probably Hero Maker. Yeah. Oh, nice. Because and oh yes, I remember now. So in my pastoral region, we meet together every month and we do a book review. This year, 2018, we were doing Simple Church and 2019, they asked me which book we should do for next year and I suggested Hero Maker to do with all the pastors in my region. Nice. Good recommendation. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. What about you? Uh, my last one, I actually lent it out to someone um, who's currently on a cruise reading it, which is great. <laughs> Um, you're giving Jesus Manifesto. You're giving the book a holiday. Yeah, <laughs> true. It's living a more exciting life now. What is Jesus uh, yeah, Manifesto Jesus, Jesus about? Because I you've recommended it to me, but I haven't actually ever looked into what is it all about. Well, it's about so it's it's so Jesus Manifesto is by Frank Viola and Leonard Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about restoring the supremacy, supremacy and sovereignty of Jesus Christ. So it's basically a book about how our lives need to become a Jesus manifesto ah. and and everything everything every every belief and every every foundation we have has to be based on Christ it's a very compelling read to be honest uh, when i first heard the like premise i was like oh yeah it just sounds like a book about jesus but then you read it i'm like wow this is a book about jesus but it's like <laughs> well done wow okay no that sounds like damn good reading that sounds amazing yeah, so a good book. I can I can lend it to you. Love it when um, it comes back from its cruise. Wow, it'll be the uh, traveling book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will be. Yeah. Uh, cool. So that's the question of the week. Nice. So let let us we know, people. What are you reading right now? I'd love to hear some more book recommendations if you guys have any. Um, I'm always looking True. for new books to read. Yeah, and uh, before we get into the content as well, quick announcements. A couple of quick announcements. Mm. Um, Firstly, uh, we'll be taking a short break from the podcast in January. So, if your podcast stream ca- stops coming in over the course of January, don't be worried. It's just us taking a little bit of time to record some new stuff, get some new content together, take a little break, give you a break as well. Everybody just mm. have a chance to uh, reflect. It's a great time to go over old episodes. Um, Definitely. And also... I had another one and now I've forgotten what it is. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, just speaking to next year very, very briefly, obviously, you know, we, we can't share everything with you guys right now, but we are looking to shake up the format a little bit next year. Um, we are hoping to go to, to video. Um, that is, I hope, we're currently working out um, what that's going to look like. But the plan basically is we would love to be able to post all of our episodes uh, moving forward after uh, next year moving forward on YouTube as well as on the podcatching app so yep. we're working for solutions around that so if you're the sort of person that would prefer to watch a conversation um, then we're trying we're going to try to cater for that we also want to build up our YouTube channel because we kind of started with the YouTube channel and then we also kind of abandoned it <laughs> which is a bit sad <laughs> Yeah, well, it it just it's a new audience as well. Like yeah. some people just will never listen to podcasts, but they'll watch videos. So yeah. we're trying to uh, yeah trying to work on it. But anyway, and uh, oh, that is actually the last announcement. That if you haven't heard, haven't seen on social, we are joining a network. Mm. So you will hear about that, the Absurd Podcast Network. Yep. Um, it's probably doesn't affect you guys heaps, but it it just means where there'll be a couple more ads in our yeah in our podcast next year again. Um. We'll actually have some some income in the podcast, which will be nice, which will actually relate quite strongly to what we're talking to today. Yes. So yeah, I mean, you guys, we did our poll a few weeks ago. We finished up our poll asking you guys for feedback, and one of the things you did say that uh, you would be happy to hear ads in the podcast, and we haven't run ads for a while. Um, but yeah, you will be hearing a few. Uh, we're not quite sure exactly if they're going to be. Before the episode, after the episode, in the middle of the, of the episode, but moving forward, there will be ads. And um, yeah, so next year is going to be a year of changes. There's going to be a lot of new stuff happening. Um, there's a whole bunch of other little goodies that we're that we're working on behind the scenes um, with our awesome team, Laura and Josh Wood. Um, so yeah, really uh, big shout out to those guys. They've been helping us move forward and taking this to the next level. I think that's sort of maybe the theme of this this whole announcement, though, is like we're constantly trying to improve over 
little steps incrementally. Sometimes we take really big steps, but most of the time it's just little steps moving forward. So next year will be one of those big steps and we're super excited for that. Oh yeah, so we can't wait to share with you. But for now, we've got great other content to share with you. <laughs> and so we're going to be talking about independent ministries. <laughs> I feel like we need a dun-dun-dun in that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny, I mean, it's not even like a bad thing, it's just... I don't know the way I said it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, no. Well, that's the thing. I guess today we're going to be discussing what independent ministries are. Are they a, are they a net positive? Are they a net negative? Um, can we even classify them as a net positive or negative? Like that's obviously a very broad and sweeping statement. And I think your view on independent ministries will probably differ based on a few key elements. Um so first of all, we should probably define what an independent ministry is. Um, if you've never heard of an independent ministry and yet you are a Christian, you've probably come up against or you've interacted with an independent ministry in the past. Um, so an independent ministry is any ministry that is run outside the confines and the jurisdiction of a major denomination or church organization. Um, so... It's a ministry and it's independent. That's fairly self-explanatory. Um, so you probably don't need to spend too much time trying to figure out that that <laughs> definition. Um, but there, you know, there's plenty of examples of what an independent ministry is, and there are some really good examples, and there are also some more questionable examples. Let's say, so an independent mm. ministry could be an independent radio show, or it could be a, a ministry that focuses on a specific thing like there's a ministry that came to palmerston north a few months ago that's all about dinosaurs and it's this guy who travels around the world and he you know tells kids about dinosaurs and creation and all that sort of stuff um, there is creation ministries who go around uh, new zealand talking about creation um yeah funnily enough uh <laughs> i was i was getting a uh eskender which jesse knows mm. is one of my favorite foods mm. Um, <laughs> Turkish, like a kebab, but sort of like a salad and rice format of it. Yeah. And uh, so I went into the uh, Turkish place and lo and behold, on the magazine rack were like creation magazines, yeah. which was a surprise. So I had, had a little read about some uh, some random dinosaur. <laughs> I can't remember. And then I came back the next time and now there are no creation magazines. So Ooh. I don't know. I don't know what happened Ooh. or if they were just placed there once or if they were on a rotation. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, anyway... So that's fun little fact uh, encounter I had just like two weeks ago, <laughs> three weeks ago, one week ago. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the thing. You know, some um, some independent ministries are focused on very specific things. You know, whether it's creation, some of the all about evangelism. Um, some of them uh, see themselves as supporting ministries of the church. They're here to support the church. Um, they're here to accomplish the church's mission alongside, sort of as a helper. Um, and then there are some independent ministries that are trying to operate outside or in competition with the church. Um, and there are very few independent ministries that will actually say that. There are very few that will say we are in opposition to the church or we are trying to compete with the church. Um, but there certainly yeah. are some out there who do that. And even if they won't admit it, it's kind of evident in their practice that that's what they're there to do. Um yeah, I would say most most seem to have a, a good heart. I mean, sometimes they might be a little bit maybe bitter about the church isn't focusing on the areas that they think are, are the biggest deal right now. And that's that's fair, you know. Um, and so they just like, oh, we'll just do it ourselves. And yeah, or maybe they just don't like a particular way the church does something. Um, maybe they just have a different methodology. And so they just decide to, to break off and do it independently and do it themselves. Um, so yeah, that's, I find most of the time is not super bitter towards like in our, in our denominational context in Adventism, mm. most of the ones I've encountered, at least they don't seem to hate the Seventh-day Adventist church. They just have a different methodology yeah. or ideology. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I think the hard thing with this conversation is the, 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 the general diversity of independent ministries that exist outside um, in, in our sphere and outside our sphere, it's really hard to define what is and what isn't an independent ministry or put it in a box because of just how much diversity there is out there. You know, 
whether it's a radio station, a television channel, um, a, a health retreat, an evangelistic um, resourcing center, um, whatever the, the case may be, um, all these independent ministries, I think, interestingly enough, I think most of them are started by lay people. I don't think any, many, if any, independent ministries um, started from a um, organizationally driven um, place. Uh, mm. That's just something, I, I, I get, I don't really have quantifiable data to back that up. So if somebody wants to correct me on that, then that's fine. But for the most part, what I've seen is that independent ministries are started by people who see a gap or a need in the church um, and they they think, well, if nobody else is going to fill this place, I'm going to. And so they start this thing in order to meet a need, to address something they think is wrong, to help the church in a way that it needs some assistance, whatever the case may be. And again, this is taking into account the broad spectrum of people who just want to help the church and then people who think the church is going off in a direction that they don't want to follow and they want to do something else so any everywhere there's a huge spectrum and independent ministries all kind of fit within that um yeah i don't think you could consider breakaway ministries to be independent ministries because by definition they seek to break away from the church and to some of them like for instance branch davidians or the shepherd's rod they seek to say hey we are are better than the church in this area. And so I don't think you could class them as independent ministries. Anyway, sorry, you were going to say something. Oh, no, I was uh, like, they sort of become their own denomination yeah. or independent church, yeah. which is a bit different to what we're talking about today. Yeah. I don't think we're going to veer too much into independent churches. We've got a couple in New Zealand, no, probably more than a couple in New Zealand, yeah. but I mean, as in ones that have directly broken away from the Adventist church and might still share a lot of theology with us, but they've become their own church. I think you um, could say... just total standalone from the denomination. Yeah, I think you could say that independent ministries, even taking into account their view on the church, whether they are totally cool with the church or they think the church is wrong in this area or whatever, I think you could probably say that most independent ministries still want to operate within the confines of the church. They just don't want to be beholden to, I guess, the accountability and the restrictions that operating as an official ministry of the church would entail. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think you're right, at least from my experience. I know in the States, um, you guys have... A whole different Hundreds, set of things thousands going on. Thousands, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but... So, we're just, I guess, talking from what we've seen in Australia, New Zealand, because we have no experience with the US. <laughs> this, so, um, if anybody wants to come on the podcast and talk about independent ministries in the United States, be my guest. Yeah, sure. Let us know. Yeah. It could be interesting. Do a part two to this yeah. um, from the US perspective. But yeah, for us at least, I'd say, you, I'd say you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. And the other thing I think we should probably mention before we get really into the nitty gritty, which we will, is probably to admit at the forefront, Josh and I were talking about this before we, we turned the, 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 the mics on, but I think you could probably consider Burn the Haystack an independent ministry. Probably. Um, I'm not sure, yeah. In some ways. In some ways, yeah. yes. Like, we are employees of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. We're both pastors. We're both paid by the church. And we're also supported by the church um, to do this. Like, the, our conference has said, you can do this as part of your work. But the conference also hasn't come to us and said, hey, make sure you don't talk about this or make sure you do talk about this, right? So, it's kind of this, it's, it's kind of this balance where, in one way... Yes, we are acting as pastors, but on the other hand, we are kind of talking about what we want to talk about in the way that we want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and even like on the financial thing, which is a big part of a lot of independent ministries, well, we don't really have any money anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that doesn't matter. But if we did, it actually goes through um, Jesse's, Jesse's church that he yeah. pastors. Yeah. So... Yes, we don't have an independent... Yeah, board or a treasurer or board members or anything like that yeah yeah so in some ways yeah i think burn the haystack is probably a blend of independent ministry and a 
conference church sanctioned ministry in a way like i don't want to get too technical but you know i think probably what it comes down to for us is nobody approached us and said jesse josh we want you to start a podcast like this was our idea this was our vision this was our baby in a in a sense and so we came to the party and we started this on our own on our own dime on our own time and then later on there was a conversation with our higher up church officials who were supportive of us doing this and that's kind of morphed out of that but i think i think like most independent ministries it started out of us seeing a need or an opportunity to do something that wasn't currently happening yeah yeah it's true i mean we've tried to do our best i mean we've tried to do our best to not really be too independent of the conference you know like we're always checking and making sure you know like we're constantly inviting people to listen and be like hey you know give us thoughts on this um we don't want to do anything that you would say you would deem inappropriate for us to do um and so far it's all been so good so <laughs> yeah. um so far so good but yeah no one no one really dictates i think that's the biggest thing no one really dictates our content here except for um us mm. and our little team and the listeners yeah as evidenced by this yeah. um you know, we have had ideas thrown to us as well by conference presidents and, and whatnot, which is cool. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, um, and lots of other pastors as well. So, in a way, we're sort of independent, but it's, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're definitely not like, there, there are much more independent ministries than us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's true. Um, okay, so let's talk about independent ministries in the context of um, growing up, uh, many of us, I'm sure, again, depending on where you're from, um, I think this probably hits home, especially um, personally, if you're American, we all kind of grew up around independent ministries and people who are involved in independent ministries. Um, and some of them have been really beneficial and great for the church. You know, there are some ministries who probably like Burn the Haystack uh, were started by individuals who saw a need, but then over time became more integrated with the church at large. Um, you know, I think of especially ministries like Arise, um, which started in America, but then came to Australia a few years ago. Uh, it's kind of an independent ministry, but it's also run in very close collaboration with co- with church officials. Um, and I think it's interesting, you know, not to pick on Arise in particular, but I think there are definite pros and cons. There are definite benefits and disadvantages to uh, conferences and church officials collaborating with independent ministries. But I think probably it is a net benefit to collaborate with independent ministries rather than to just ignore them and let them run on their own. Um, I know there is one particular independent ministry here in New Zealand, which I won't name, um, because it's a little bit controversial and I know different people have different opinions on it, but there was a uh, a statement that the church had to make recently regarding um, church members supporting it directly um, because there is a competing ministry that the church officially runs that uh, competes with this independent ministry. Um, and the church had to make a stand uh, here in New Zealand because uh, we didn't want to be seen as supporting an independent ministry while that competes with a ministry that we run as a church and that we support and that we fund as a church um, because we have, a, we have a, a ministry that is accountable to the church, that is funded by the church and is supported from the greater church, from the worldwide church. Um, and so we couldn't be seen as supporting something which is in direct opposition or in competition with said ministry and so there's there's always these really um tricky legal and cultural and organizational um sort of tensions that you have to run when it comes to to what level do you support a ministry that is not um governed or accountable to the processes that everybody else is used to yeah and uh i mean you might be thinking without being too specific like why why would we have a ministry that competes with an independent ministry and um it's not because anybody really wants to compete we all want to fulfill the same mission but the one that is independent has created and shared content that is not upheld by our conference yeah. and even really our division so yeah. hence why it was inappropriate for us to continue supporting and we had to yeah anyway yeah. so that's <laughs> 
If you're in New Zealand, you'll already know exactly what we're talking about without us saying anything. Everyone else, you'll have to do a little bit of mystery solving. But um, yeah, that's basically in a nutshell. So that's why, I mean, that's and that's the challenge with an independent ministry. A lot of the time they do really good stuff. Mm. Um, and a lot of people I know have been greatly impacted in positive ways by independent ministries. Um, exhibit A, Doug Batchelor, really. Totally. I mean, yeah. I'm not... I'm not really like I haven't really engaged much with Doug's content, but um, I know a lot of people in my church and things I've been involved with have been hugely impacted by it. And I'm pretty sure I don't know if it still is independent ministry. I think Amazing Maybe Facts. Not. I think Amazing Facts is has become a supporting ministry of the church. I somebody can fact check this on me. I don't know okay. the legal status, but I think basically they've gotten to the point where the church is kind of rubber stamped. Um, them and I think they do get funding from the World Church as well. Okay, but I'm pretty sure that started as an independent yeah. ministry. Yeah, 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 and um, that has just global impact, yeah. which is pretty amazing, really. Um, amazing facts and Doug Bachelor is such a. I, I'm glad you brought that up because it's such a funny situation. Again, there's so many intricacies that you could talk to when it comes to amazing facts, you know. And I have such a struggle with. With Doug Batchelor, I've never met him in person or anything. I probably never will, and that's fine. But, you know, on the one hand, um, I really appreciate some of the stuff that he's done. And my dad, my mum and dad love Doug Batchelor. They think he's the bee's knees. They think he's great. And that's cool. But there are some stuff that, especially when he talks about women's ordination, that is just so unbiblical. And so I think it's silly and ridiculous. And so many people take him seriously that I think, okay, in this situation... If you took out the Doug Batchelor element and this was anybody else, you'd think they were a crazy person. You insert Doug Batchelor and then you add all the good stuff that he's done. And it's like, it's such a struggle. At least for me, it's such a struggle personally. Like, it's a love hate relationship. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I'm the same. I don't agree with everything I've heard him preach. And um, he has had some good stuff. Like, he, I, I remember in college, I had some essay and. I was struggling to do it and I remember that was sort of the first time I really did watch one of his sermons because he did a sermon pretty much on what I had to write about. And it was a really great <laughs> way to get my foot in the door of what I need. Like, I didn't copy what he said and put in my <laughs> essay or anything. But what he said was a great, like, summary of where I needed to head with my essay and that right. sort of thing. So, he's definitely had some, like, really helpful content that I'm sure has helped so many people. But I remember when I looked at other ones that people shared online and whatever and I was just... Yeah. Not for me. Some of it but- yeah, is a little bit cringeworthy for us. And that's, I think, I think that leads us to the, the first sticky point when it comes to independent ministries, and that's accountability. Um, yeah. If Josh or I were to get up, um, especially for those of us who have churches where our um, messages are like filmed and posted to YouTube and stuff like that, if we were to get up and say something crazy, like, I don't know, um, or you should, you should, everybody should own a goat and they should only feed their goat potatoes. And amen, Jesse. That's the gospel truth. You know, something like that's the stupidest thing I can think of. But um, this message is goat. No. <laughs> Jokes. <All right. laughs> Sorry. Wow. <laughs> you know, if I was to get up and say that and say that every single Christian should own a goat and only feed their goat potatoes, and that is the gospel truth. And if you don't, then you're going to go to hell then my conference president would be calling me up the day after and go, Jesse, have you lost a few brain cells? Is, is everything all right with your head? <laughs> if you're an independent ministry and you said that, you could probably get away with it, you know? And, uh, well, it depends. May- it depends. If you, everybody in your independent... Maybe a less extreme example. Okay, okay. Maybe a less extreme example. But if you were to take somebody like, let's say, Walter Vyth, who, um, you know, we've talked about once or twice and, you know, not in any great detail, but there's a series that he did in the 90s called Total Onslaught where he made some very, very um, blatant and out there claims about some very serious things. And, you know, he could get away with it because, you know, he was, you know, part of an independent ministry. Um when it comes to accountability, independent ministries, I think one of the biggest dangers is that they don't have anybody to be accountable to other than themselves. Um, and I think that is dangerous. Yeah. And I think the reason why you can't consider Burn the Haystack a proper independent ministry is because at the end of the day, though we say what we believe 
what we believe um, and what we want to say, we are accountable to our employers and our higher up church officials. And I think even if Josh and I were, um, I think even if Josh and I weren't pastors, we would probably invite accountability from somebody because yeah, we, we're really we we value yeah. it strongly. Like we we chose to have accountability with the podcast. It wasn't something that we were forced to have. Yeah, yeah, you know, so it's something we're continue choosing to have. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, I think that accountability thing is is quite is quite important. And you know, many you guys are all smart. You get you understand why accountability is important, um, especially for a ministry that has that exerts influence and that also asks for money. Now, we, in our podcast, we know that we exert influence and that when we say stuff, that it does carry a certain amount of weight. Now, we are under no illusions about, you know, illusions of grandeur or anything like that. We know that we're still a small podcast, but we we do know that we do have a level of responsibility to you who uh, is listening to this and that... Many of you are very happy to let us know when you do disagree with what we say, but we also understand that when we say certain things that can, in some situations, sway people who are maybe on the fence about what they believe on a certain topic. And so we have to take that seriously. Um, the One of the things that does worry me about independent ministries is that a lot of the time, and again, bear in mind that I'm painting with a broad brush, a lot of the time, it seems that certain independent ministries don't take that responsibility seriously. And what you end up with is certain people who have strong personalities and who have really forceful sort of um, ways of communicating will often say things and they will sway people and they will try and be very convincing because a lot of the people who are, especially the ones that are more evangelistically um, inclined, they will say things that can be very extreme and people will often just take them, take those words as gospel. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, for example, there are a lot of independent ministry, like uh, YouTube channel sort of things. And um, some of them, man, they get massive amounts of subscribers. Like we, we did a bit of research once. I can't remember what it was for, but both Jesse and I were shocked at, the quality of content going out to the ratio of subscribers they had, we just found shocking, <laughs> yeah. like how many they had. Um, and so, but some of the stuff they were saying was really, I think, out of hand. Yeah. And um, and, and <laughs> I, I, because they're on YouTube and they're just blasting this stuff out and getting all these likes and all these comments agreeing with them because they are also in that headspace. But then saying they were from the Seventh-day Adventist church, I was just thinking, being like, I don't think we believe this. I don't think it's fair for them to say the kind of stuff they're saying or to, and they're bashing other ministries. For me, I, I don't know. I, I really I really get a bit worried when there's zero accountability. That's something, yeah, that kind of frustrates me. Um, look, at the end of the day, I think everybody should uh, and needs to be accountable to something or someone. And we in the church have chosen to put ourselves under the authority of people who are higher up in the hierarchy. And, you know, you, we could make an entire episode on hierarchy and especially church hierarchy and authority and what that looks like. And, you know, that's a, a topic for a different time. But hmm. we... But we have also chosen Hayes, to stay accountable oh, to, yeah. like, our peers as well, other pastors and... Yes. That sort of thing. Not just not just people who are have positions of more responsibility than us yeah anyway, yeah. yeah no no totally Continue. totally yeah no that's that's totally valid and i don't doubt that independent ministries um don't seek accountability from anyone you know most most i would say independent ministries they still have influence and accountability from maybe a board of directors or a committee that oversees or a sort of leadership team and i'm sure you know, when it comes to those YouTubers that we were talking about, especially those ones who are like solo acts, um, for lack of a better term, they, I'm sure, still get accountability from friends and peers and family members and stuff like that. But I think it's important when it comes to identifying um, allegiance to a certain church or a denomination. If you are saying that you are a Seventh-day Adventist, then you should seek accountability from people in your tradition. If you say you're a Baptist, you should seek um, accountability from people who are part of that tradition. Allegiance and accountability, they go hand in hand. Um, that's just, it's the best system that we have. It may not be 
the best system, but it's the best system that we have to ensure that these ministries, us included, don't completely go off the rails. Yeah. And I think to add to that, like we make sure as well that we get feedback from people who have very different theology than us as well and a different worldview. Because I think that can be part of the problem with the accountability with independent ministries as well. The only feedback and accountability they get is from those... And not definitely this is not all independent ministries. But I'm just saying I know there, there are some. And the only feedback they have is from people who already see the world they do. Yeah. Or see the world like they do or have the same sort of theology that they do. And I think that can be unhealthy because you can sort of end up in this what, like fishbowl or... Um, I know there's a better word for it that I can't think of right now. Yeah, um, echo um, chamber. Yeah, like an, that's the one I was looking for. Echo chamber, um, and I think that's that can be unhealthy. So, because um, I know I've tried to give feedback on some independent ministries that I've been like had a little bit to do with, and I they know that I'm a bit different to them, and it, that feedback has just sort of been cast off because I'm different, mm. and I was like, well, you know, fair enough. Like if you don't want to agree with what I have to say, but I think. I don't know. I think it's important. Like that's something for us. We try and get feedback from traditional, really contemporary, liberal, whatever, like, and everything in between. And I think that's what every ministry should do to have more accountability. One hundred percent. I think that leads us pretty neatly to the second concern that I have with independent ministries, and that's the way that finances are handled. Um, there are some independent ministries that are completely transparent with. Um, where they get finances from, um, how they use the money that they they get through donations, through revenue, through the sale of products and and whatever. But there are also many independent ministries who choose not to. Now, if you are listed as a charitable organization, um, at least in the US and uh, New Zealand and Australia, I believe, um, somebody can correct me if I'm a little bit off with this, but it's my understanding that if you're a charitable organization, you are not required by law to publish your earning reports. Um, mm. So many people choose, many organizations still choose to um, publish their earning reports regardless of the fact that they, they don't have to. Um, but there are many who don't. Um and let's be clear, most independent ministries, I would say the vast majority, and I think you could probably make the same comparison with churches. The vast majority of churches don't earn a lot of money. Like you're not having pastors rolling up in the BMWs and the you know private jets or whatever. I think you can say the same for most independent ministries. Most independent ministries aren't making a ton of money. However, there is a small minority of independent ministries where it does seem like these uh, the leaders are kind of rolling in it. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, and look, that's I know that's a very generalized statement, and I'm not I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not going to point fingers at anybody. Um, but there are some independent ministries that are quite successful, and they're quite effective. Um, and with success and effectiveness comes money. That's just how it goes. Um, you know, I think one of the only uh, successful ministries in history that didn't earn much money was Jesus's ministry. Um, oh, you know? preach. There it is. Um, but the vast majority of ministries today, independent ministries, they give a lot of resources away for free. But there's also a lot of stuff that they sell and they always accept donations. And I'm not saying they shouldn't. But what I am saying is that when it comes to accountability, when in a, in the in the monetary sense, one of the concerns that I have is that if you're not declaring, I think I think it's just it just comes down to this for me. If you have nothing to hide, then why hide anything? Ooh. Um, if you don't have to declare your your earning reports, um, then if you are a Christian and you are part of a ministry. I personally believe that you should. Um, now, let me practice what I preach. At the very beginning of Burn the Haystack, we got a donation of several hundred, several hundred dollars from somebody who believed in the podcast, um, and that was very generous. And since yeah. then, we have earned several hundred more dollars through ad revenue. 
I feel like several hundred is a very generous... I, I, I just don't quite know. Uh, we've earned a couple of hundred dollars through ad revenue. How much maybe. do you think oh, it would maybe be? maybe a little bit more than Five, six hundred dollars total from the donation and then the ad revenue? Yeah. Something, it would be something like that. Yeah. Five to six hundred Australian dollars, uh, New Zealand dollars through, through yep. the time. That's how much money that we've earned. And we've used that money to purchase um, hosting for our website, hosting for our podcast... Um, what else have we spent that money on? We haven't spent it on a heck of a lot. Some equipment? Do we spend it on any equipment at all? I think most of the equipment that we've bought has been out of our own money. Yeah. I think we just used it on hosting costs, yeah. to be honest. Because I think that's all we could really afford with the money that we had. Um, yeah. Yeah. Buying domains and stuff like that for our website. That's basically what we've spent it on. Um, in the future, we are going to be getting ad revenue, more ad revenue money more regularly seeing as we're joining the Absurd Podcast Network. Um, so there might come a time where we actually need to publish our yearly reports. And for those of you who are um, listening to the podcast, if you think that's important, let us know and, and we'll do that. Um, so, I mean, like obviously, like that's not much money in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, it doesn't cost um, Burn the Haystack a heck of a lot of money to to um, thing. I know that there are certain podcasts like Absurdity where Ryan Becker has spent literally thousands of dollars of his own money to get this off the ground. And he has a Patreon mm. and he has he's been running ads and stuff and he's a lot more savvy with this stuff frankly than we are. Um, but I think I think financial accountability is really important. Um, yeah, sorry. I so I've been going on for a while. What do you think around the, the money what do you think you're about no I, I agree yeah i i had yeah i think you were on the money literally <laughs> <laughs> oh, well i didn't mean that <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> yeah no i i i don't like it when i have questions about the way a church or a ministry spends money um so one thing for example in australia um a current affair which is like a it's like a program yeah. on tv that is really um bit obnoxious <laughs> yeah a bit they use like super extreme things to get it's like basically like clickbait but for mainstream media tv it's um, like journalism with inverted commas yeah <laughs> yeah they pretty much do a story on hillsong every year yeah. right and they um and they always the same narrative they're always like look at all their money and all this stuff and they kind of they kind of really over exaggerate a bunch of like obviously hillsong has a lot of money but they they actually post their like you you can book an appointment and go and see all of their um, financial records and stuff anytime anybody can and they post it on Twitter every year when Current Affair does their story like anybody's welcome to come and book an appointment to see how we've used our money come and see for yourself <laughs> Current Affair don't even do that they just make up all this stuff and put it on TV and people people believe them you know and so but they're just and so for me, that's always been, and I've even seen, I, I haven't booked an appointment and gone and seen all their records because I don't care that much because I've seen how they spend it, you know, like very close up. But I have looked online at some of the ways like they've, they've like broken down their income and stuff. And it's, it's awesome that even an organization as massive as that still takes the time to be accountable to everybody and show accountability to everybody. Yeah. And I think if they can, like, then us who even just get a few hundred dollars, we should probably do the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think it's it's totally fair. Um, so, yeah, I guess I guess there's not that, that much more that needs to be said about the financial side of things. Um, I think it's yeah. very it would be very easy probably for us to sit here and complain about how certain independent ministries are spending their money. But I think at the end of the day, if you are part of an independent ministry and you choose not to publish your financial reports at the end of the year about how you spent your money and all that sort of stuff, that I think just creates, I think it creates distrust and it might create distrust unnecessarily because you could be using your money to spend on awesome things and you could be using it really wisely and you could be using it really in a Christ-like way. And yeah. if you're not showing that by voluntarily being accountable and we didn't have to share the fact that we only have like $500 and we've spent it on like the bare minimum and we've been pretty stingy but we also don't have that much <laughs> money like yeah. like I'll, I'll I'll be honest like I've I've purchased um digital recorders we've both got a Shure SM7B 
um, cloud lifter. You both of us have a cloud lifter. I've got two mixers. I've got a well, I've got a, a USB audio interface and a mixer. I probably spent two or three thousand dollars of my own money just to just to do this, you know. Um, and Josh has probably spent, or you've spent, you know, what, probably close to two thousand bucks yourself on your own stuff. I was just trying to weigh that up myself. I don't know. Yeah, definitely over a thousand. Yeah. So of the, m- I don't know if I'd hit two thousand. I think you've bought a bit more stuff than I have. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have. Um, so the bottom line is, you know, we, we've gotten, we've gotten money from people who have donated, um, well, one person who's donated and we've gotten a bit of money from ad revenue. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, we've spent more money of our own personal bank account to get this thing up and running than, um, any money that we will have earned through, I don't know, (laughs) all the other stuff that we've done. So at the end of the day, podcasting is expensive. It doesn't have to be, but we've chosen to invest in um, really good equipment. And uh, so you get this professional sound. <laughs> <laughs> Only the best for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's, and I mean, a lot of independent ministries they do the same. You yeah. know, like they have mad. Like I've seen the ones like with the YouTube channels, and I'm like, man, what camera are they filming this on? This is epic. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, and so that's the thing. I mean, when you want quality, you do need to invest in it. But I think it's okay to share that with people. Totally. Again. Totally. Yeah. Um, I wanted to end this episode on a positive note, though, because there has been a lot that probably could be interpreted as being, you know, us talking about the net negative um, aspects of independent ministries. And I want to take us out of our own context a little bit, um, because we're not the only denomination that has independent ministries that are tied to our denomination. There are hundreds of other denominations and and, and church movements out there, many of which have independent ministries of their own. Um, Ministries like uh, the Barna Research Group, you know, which is Mm. an independent ministry in the evangelical world that does amazing stuff for um, researching church trends, culture trends, stuff like that. And that wasn't started by... A pastor was started by George Barner, who, you know, as a lay member and wanted to do some extra stuff to help the church out. Um, mm. There are many, many other independent ministries out there that are incredible. Um, I think here in New Zealand, we have um, Excel School of Performing Arts, which is a, a church-run independent ministry that is a school for music and interpretive dance and art, artistry and, um, you know, I've been lucky enough um, to be able to invite them to my church um, twice this year and last year to perform and to really bless my congregation. Um, and they're awesome. They're just amazing kids. Um, their, their, their teachers are incredible and they really, really bless the church. So I, I think for me, at least, I would like to just communicate that um, just because a ministry is independent doesn't mean it's inherently bad. Um, there are some ministries out there, yes, who probably have done some irresponsible things with the um, the gifts and the, and the and the talents and the and the tithes and the offerings that they've given. Um, they've been given, but there are also so many more ministries out there that are doing really great things for the church, and they should be celebrated. Um, I think the term independent ministry has become something of a dirty word in our in our church context. And I think mm. that's really unfortunate. Yeah, because as well, something about independent ministries, like and maybe a reason you might be thinking of starting something that's more independent is because of just how quickly they can move. Um, you know, they don't have to go through the big structure that we're a part of. And because there are pros and cons. I mean, when you go through the structure, you sort of get the support of the structure. But at the same time, if you do something small, then uh, and you just want to and you just need it to to happen quick, then independent, it can be the way to go. But you can do it with accountability and stuff as well. So, uh, yeah, there there are some interesting pros to going independent as well. Um, And yeah, I don't know. Like, I I would like to see. I'm always interested in, in what what independent ones are starting up and what they're doing and why they're doing it that way because sometimes I see an independent ministry start up and I'm like why did you do that you could have just done that through the conference and had even more support but you did it independently and wasted more time and resources mm. I don't know so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I, it's a pretty interesting it's worth looking into like yeah anyway mm. yeah no it's true it's true 
So look, anyway, I think that's I think that's uh, all we need to say about independent ministries at this point. I think we've kind of come to the end of this discussion. Um, I, I hope I hope that we've been able to um, communicate effectively on this because I think that this is a really I think independent ministries can be a really great benefit to the the capital C church if done well. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, but I think we should also be really truly aware and keep our eyes open about some of the potential um, pitfalls. Um, look, there are independent ministries out there that are started for great reasons. There are independent ministries that are started for really probably negative reasons. Um, mm. And I think intention is a really key thing. What is your intent behind why you are starting an independent ministry? Um, are you able to seek external accountability? Are you humble enough to seek external accountability? And are you also open and transparent enough to be able to share financial earnings, um, any benefits that you are providing to your employees or to your leaders through it? Um, you know, we've seen so many independent ministries inside our denomination and outside that have crashed and burned because of that accountability just wasn't there. Um, and that's really sad. So... Anyway, that's our discussion on uh, independent ministries. Um, hope you guys learned something new today. Hope you enjoyed. Let us know your thoughts on independent ministries um, in the Facebook group or through an email. Uh, where can they find us, Josh? Well, the best place to find all things Burn the Haystack is burnthehaystack.org. So please check it out. Ah, thank you. Yes, that's, uh, that's very good. Very good. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast and review us in your podcatching app of choice. Thank you. Thank you. Indubitably. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used that word before. <gasps> All right. Uh, yeah, hey, so thanks for, thanks for listening. We love you. Stay awesome. That is Josh and Jesse out. Thank <laughs> you.